Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to episode number 521 of underground sports philadelphia presented by the city of vineland more on that in just a little bit it's kb coming at you from underground studios and if you're watching on youtube which you should be at youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia we've allowed an enemy of the state to infiltrate underground uh, studios <laughs> and be a guest on the podcast my broadcast booth partner for Vineland High School Athletics during the winter and spring. Just so happens to be a Mets fan. Marcelino Ojeda is in studio for the first time. You're going to be seeing him quite a bit moving forward as well on a bunch of stuff we have planned heading into full swing of baseball season. But Marcelino co-hosting his first podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Um, uh, super, super exciting. We're just going to stop the Met slander while we're ahead. We're just going to, you know, put the cap on that one just to start off. It, it's an early season. You know, we finally won a series against the Marlins where I felt pretty comfortable with our bullpen, which won't happen much this year. I'm going to be completely honest. Our bullpen is kind of a joke, but I am, I'm still going to ride behind these Mets. I'm telling you, it's a different year. It's the new Mets. I'm tired of the same old Mets slander. It's time for people to give us our respect and for us to win the 2023 World Series. Well, everybody knows it's uh, Lowell Mets for life, and uh, <laughs> we'll get into right? we'll get into baseball. We'll get into the Sixers, March Madness, all that good stuff. But before we do, make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and on Instagram at KBIZZLE11. And follow Marcelino on Twitter at It's Just Mars. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the Twitter handle there. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five star rating and review. It really does help the show continue to grow, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and all of our podcasts. Go subscribe, leave a five star review. Uh, because it truly does help this show continue to grow and helps more people know you know find the content we're trying to bring to you guys and subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week you get every podcast on our network you get clips shorts live streams original content all on our YouTube channel it's youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. We are heading into our one year of actively posting on YouTube pretty soon. It comes up this month, so go subscribe. We're at 424 subscribers right now, trying to get to 500 by the end of the month, trying to get to 1,000, obviously. That's the first big milestone if you're on YouTube, so go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And like I mentioned, this show presented by the city of Vineland, the city of Vineland Municipal calendar features city organized city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest the calendar which is accessible at vinelandcity.org is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness remain engaged with city government and participate in local events you can also follow the city of vineland on social media via their facebook instagram linkedin and youtube pages and through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And also big thank you to our other sponsors, as well as the city of Vineland, who make this show happen. Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Marcelino baseball season's here. You're a big baseball guy. I'm a big baseball guy. Philly's off to a rough start, but we'll dive into uh, the weekend series against the Texas Rangers uh, because everybody's losing their minds. And I know there's a lot of new 
baseball fans. And our Philly segment today brought to you by our awesome friends over at PHI Apparel Company. That's our merch partners who are part of our Ring It Live tailgate podcast event going down this Saturday, four days away by the time you guys are listening to this, April 8th, 1 o'clock p.m., Jetro Lot. Be there. Opening night. We're tailgating. We're podcasting. It's going to be electric and phi apparel company is part of that and they are exclusive merch partners and they provide unique designs and high quality clothing for the great fans of philly and with their original designs for all there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd when you're going to citizens bank park when you're going to the wells fargo center for sixers postseason basketball going there for flyers games wings games when you're going to the link this football season and you can rep the podcast as well because every podcast on our network has official merch through PHI Apparel Company. That's our exclusive merch partner. And our listeners can use the promo code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any order, anytime. Marcelino has a shirt that I'm ordering. It is the Philly Fanatic Strangling Mr. Met. That See, you can't do that already. <laughs> we haven't, I mean, what's going to suck, too, is when you do this like full-scale podcast, like the pregame and everything, for a winless team up to that point. That's what's going to be the toughest part. <sighs> well, you see, as we get into Philly season, as they are currently on their way to 0-4, losing 8-1 to the New York Yankees right now uh, in the opening game of that series. Um, the Phillies get swept by the Texas Rangers uh, over the weekend to kick off their uh, defense of the National League. And everybody is acting like the sky is falling. I'm, I mean, it's, I think it's reasonable only because you guys put up a five spot on Jacob deGrom and lost. I, uh, Being a Mets fan, I don't want to say Jacob deGrom is washed because I think he's very much far from that best pitcher in baseball history. It's just it's the facts. You can't say anything anything otherwise. But Nola has this consistent thing where he will give you four, five innings strong, and then he folds. This time, this year, he didn't even make it to five. He made it to four and completely collapsed. So I have a few takes on the weekend series. We'll start with that Nola game. My, my one initial takeaway from that game and why Nola collapsed. I'm not saying it's the full reason, but I'm saying part of the reason is up until, obviously, this season with the pitch clock implemented and everything, Aaron Nola is a methodical pitcher. Like, he is a guy who is going to take his time, dissect the hitter, and find your weakness and absolutely, like, if you guys have watched uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Aaron Nola is Wanda when she sneaks through Kamertage and whispers <laughs> in the guy's ear. He finds your weakness and makes it unravel for you. The pitch clock coming in, I think, kind of screwed with him. Uh... And he just wasn't fully prepared, and it kind of threw him off his game, and that's when he crumbled and the game was tied and he left. And then the Phillies offense, when you score seven runs, you should be able to win that game. Right. So I think that was part of it, and I also am kind of uh, blaming the Rangers closing the roof because of the thunderstorm that it's, came through. <laughs> so we're going to put the roof closing. On the, roof. the Phillies right. were winning 5 nothing <laughs> when the roof was open. And then you close the roof, and you change the vibes. You kind of slow the game down. It's just, I'm, I'm not I'm, superstitious. I think, I'm just a little stitious. I just think if it would have started raining, you guys probably would have lost 30 to nothing. Just you give me a rain delay. Found give a me a rain delay. Give hey, me a you guys get a rain delay, you guys are going to bring out Gregory Soto, who went ahead and walked, what was it, three guys? He would have probably came out and walked in four runs instead of giving up a hit. Then next game, Zach Wheeler just was not on for whatever reason. He'll be fine. He has historically yeah. gotten off to slow starts. The Phillies just didn't have it. I throw that game away. He was better as a Met anyways. He Losing 2-1 in a game on Sunday night baseball when the starting lineup had like zero hitters in it. You know, you're playing Christian Pache who was fucking dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. Um tough watch. Tough you know, watch. you're you're playing no Alec Bohm on Sunday night baseball. Like that is that is prime like I'm sure the Sunday night baseball executives were gouging their eyeballs out when they saw yeah. Alec Bohm was out because they missed out on so many opportunities to continue to bring up that he said, I fucking hate this place Yeah, you, on Sunday Night Baseball. <laughs> you knew they were going to make a big thing about it. How oh, 100%. I hated it here, and then the turnaround story of, oh, I made it, I love it here. That's the only thing the national media here. can talk about with Alec Bohm. Yeah, Bohm does not give you really anything to work with. He's pretty much clear for the most part. And, and <laughs> mind you that he made that quote while – 
Losing to the Mets. I'm just going to put that out there now. Losing to the Mets. And then what happened? He went on to have a fantastic and, and season. had a great season. Close he it loves out. this place. <laughs> and now he's on his Philly way to winning now. a gold glove. Because some of those yeah, plays but, he made this weekend defensively were magnificent. Yeah, he and, also and, hit a tank shot of a home run to kick off the scoring this season. Here's my take on the, the Texas Rangers series. Uh, I tweeted this out. So if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it. I tweeted this out this morning because the stat came out from... MLB stats, the official MLB stats account tweeted us. The Rangers have had the Phillies number recording 12 straight wins dating back to 2014. So over a decade now, <laughs> we have lost 12 straight to the Texas Rangers. Reasons I'm not worried about the Phillies 0-3 start. One, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of new baseball fans out there from this past Phillies run that kind of put baseball on the back burner for a while uh, because the Phillies were not good. Totally understandable. Fandom comes in spurts. You can. It's right. okay to put a team on ice and come back to them. It's April. The Philly season last year. We thought we have an episode titled on YouTube. The Phillies are doomed. In May. <laughs> then they fired Joe Girardi and they went on to go to the World Series. We're two wins away from winning the World Series. Yep. It's April. Not and you know the Eagles just went on another you know full blown run. Almost won the Super Bowl and everything. A lot of people in this town who just pay attention to football or are very laser-focused on football treat every other sport like it's football. You can't treat baseball in particular like it's football. It's there are just, 17 yeah. games in football, and then if you get to the playoffs, you're in the playoffs and everything. There are 162 games of regular season <laughs> baseball. Every game, in the grand scheme, will matter at some point. Because you'll look back, you know, oh, if we could have won that, that series against the Rangers, start the season, blah, blah, blah. No one ever says no that. No one ever no. says that. No one ever No one ever says that. The first, like, 60 games no. of the season. No, the only reason that it matters right now in the public eye of the casual Phillies fans and the media and everything like that is because the Phillies are the defending National League champions. Right. And it's opening weekend, and that is a massive pomp and circumstance weekend for baseball. It's April. Pump the brakes. It's going to be okay. I want everybody to flash back. I know it's I know it's emotional damage. Cue the TikTok guy. Emotional damage. <laughs> 2019 and 2021, the Phillies started the season 3-0 and by sweeping the Atlanta Braves. What happened those years? They did not make the playoffs in either Nothing. of them. It's going to be okay. It's April. It's a long season. I'm not concerned for from that aspect. Number two. Your season isn't officially underway until you play at home. Phillies are starting the road on the road for six straight. You haven't played in front of your home crowd. You haven't gotten that home crowd juice yet. It would be a different story if we played the Rangers at home and lost in a three-game series. But historically, even dating back to last season, Phillies are a much better team at home than they are on the road. And your season's not underway until you play a series at home, a series on the road. You played a series on the road. Season hasn't started yet. Yeah, you kind play of get, at home. First. Yeah, I mean the the thing is too when you look at the Phillies, they last year, like you said, they were just bad. Like they were just another team that looked good on paper, or had Bryce Harper or Harper when he gets hurt. There's nothing going for it. Like they were, they were very much on a like a skid point where the team. They, you guys kind of rode them off for a little bit. You're like, oh, you know. We'll prepare for that. what the Sixers do or when the Eagles come back around. You guys were really kind of sitting on that. But then that firing, like you said, of Girardi really turned the team around. Thompson took over. Harper started balling. Had that little injury, but Bohm stepped up. Hoskins stepped up. All those guys stepped up. My only problem this year is you guys are fighting a real uphill battle losing Reese Hoskins. I think that 100%. was the worst injury you could have had. For anyone on the team. It sucks mostly from a vibes aspect, and we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago on the episode, a couple episodes ago, I should say. And, you know, Reese is the, the heart and soul of the team. He is, you know, team captain without being named team captain effectively. Um, but I want everybody to, to listen to this, and I know it's different because the Marlins, and we've had a, a bad history with the Marlins and everything <laughs> up until last year. Philly's first road series of the year last year was at Miami. They lost three out of four to the Miami Marlins in Miami. Proceeded to go on the road against the Colorado Rockies 
and lost two out of three in Colorado before coming back home. And then we had the Angel Hernandez-Kyle Schwarber showdown on Sunday oh, Night Baseball as well in that series, if you remember that the one. The first ever bat spike. <laughs> and then we went on the road to play your New York Mets and lost two out of three. You did the Phillies start slow, especially on the road. They are not the best road team for whatever reason, no matter what iteration of Phillies baseball it is. They are just not a road team to start the year. They are a team that takes a little bit. And on top of Reese Hoskins, you still don't have Bryce Harper because he's recovering from Tommy John surgery, so you won't have him for, you know, the next couple of months. You don't have Ranger Suarez pitching right now because he got injured before the World Baseball Classic. There's some fatigue, I think, from the World Baseball Classic for the likes of Taiwan Walker, who pitched tonight, only went four and a third. Gregory yeah. Soto got pulled early. You saw, you know, the the ramp up for him was not really there because he wasn't in spring training too much. I I truly think that is an aspect of it, and I'm, that is not me saying cancel the World Baseball Classic like some people were on no, Twitter. Yeah, like, get that, out of here. I, to say that is mind blowing to me. That is probably one of the the most exciting things to look forward yeah. to in baseball. So I mean, like, it's going to be slow to start the year. Give it some time. Like the the team will be okay. It's just a matter of it clicking. And like I said before, it's April. It's not like this is happening in August and September again like it did under Gabe Kapler, like it did under Joe Girardi. We it, It's going to be all right because I guarantee – I can't wait till like Memorial Day weekend when the Phillies are, you know, right in the thick of things, and it's going to be a three-dog race between the Phillies, Braves, and Mets in the NL East like it always is. And when we take it this time, we, we know this Collapse in September because we'll meet the Mets, baby, meet the Mets. <laughs> no, um, I'm actually shocked. Something that you said that actually, like, blew my mind. You guys went from Miami to Colorado? Yeah. Like, like that. I understand. Like, see, the Mets went from Miami to Milwaukee. You just go a little north, you know, what? You guys went borderline cross country to play Miami and then Colorado. You have the change in like altitude and everything. That is brutal. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> I didn't know you guys had it that so bad. So then follow up to the Angel Hernandez series on Sunday. Yeah, and that, and that Angel Hernandez, man, like Kyle him and CB Buckner had every right. Send them to the gulag. <laughs> it's just time to bounce them at this point. Ugh. That, uh, and for thing is, Schwarber's a real down to earth dude. Like I, you see him like get heated sometimes. You see him like, but I have never to this day seen him get that heated over such a bad call. Like it was terrible. and the thing is, it wasn't even just that one. He had done it so consistently to the point where Kyle Schwarber had to explode. Yeah, like, if he didn't and when you do have that, Andrew McCutcheon, who was playing for the Brewers at the time, go on with Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center after and say, "Oh yeah, like." You know, I think he was expressing himself uh, for what we were all feeling. That's how you know it's pretty bad. <laughs> and you won the game. Like, yeah. to say that and win one the nothing. game. You won the game. Yeah, that, like, that. that's pretty. And and Kutch has had his, his history with getting frustrated with guys behind the plate. But Kutch, again, is a naturally cool dude, not someone you see have, like, having problems. Down-to-earth guy. You know, he's back in Pittsburgh this year. You, you love the guy. Mm -hmm. To get someone like that mad is is a pretty big deal to be that bad, to really get, like, the good guy of a team to really go over the top. Yeah. So I'm I'm not concerned right now with how things have started for the Phillies, even though it seems like the sky is falling, this, that, and a third. <laughs> There's injuries. It's April. Your season doesn't start until you play a game at home, which doesn't happen until Thursday. So theoretically, the Philly season has not started yet. So, like, that's that's a good sign. Like, yeah, this is all getting out of the aspect, way yeah. before the season even starts. Like, you're getting all these losses out of your system before you go play at home. And, like, the Phillies are one of the teams in Major League Baseball that have such a good home field advantage. The juice at Citizens Bank Park that is going to be flowing for this team on Thursday, flowing for this team on Saturday, flowing for this team on Sunday, is going to be through the roof. Yeah. And once... I think the Phillies players get a taste of that again for the first time since the World Series. It's going to be a dynamic atmosphere. Uh, just don't treat it's a baseball season switch. like football yeah, season. Yeah, it's a, like it's a big can. mentality switch, too. And uh, and you know it's a big deal when you're playing the Cincinnati Reds and the tickets are almost $200. Like, you play Cincinnati, that's like $20 tickets to sit behind home plate for it to be that big of a deal in Philly. And it's not just that one. It's the game to follow. Those are like 90-plus at the same time. 
Philly fans are excited to have the Phillies back home and for them to come back, be able to put, like show the band. Like, that's going to be the big thing, showing the flag in right center field, being able to say, you, like, you got to that point, made it to the World Series. Like, you guys were written off right off the bat. Like, nobody was like, oh, you know, World Series is going to be Phillies, Astros. Like, it, the guarantee was Mets and Astros. It was the guarantee. It was Mets, and Astros. It was Dodgers, Astros. It was Braves, Astros. And it, it was, was just any every Astros and whoever plays in the NL. Yeah, or like some people, some people sprinkled in the Yankees here and there because they thought they yeah, had the, the Aaron Judge magical year, whatever. But nobody, nobody had the Phillies winning no. a single game. Let alone going to the World Series. So. And you guys played a good Cardinal team, and then under the new, you know, the new wild card thing, you were stuck in St. Louis for three games, and then after that, play. That went sounds to like Atlanta. a horror movie. Stuck in St. Louis, <laughs> like, coming like, in a world going where a baseball there. team <laughs> is stuck in St. Louis. Yeah, stuck there. Then you had to go to Atlanta, but the build up to the hype of that first game at the bank was monumental. Like yeah. the red flags, like the full nine yards, like. I, I, I always say I'll give it to Philly. One of the best playoff atmospheres I've ever been in was a Sixers game. And when I tell you the place is nuts for mm-hmm. postseason ball in any sport, they will go all out for it. And once again, we hadn't seen it in baseball for a little while. But when it came in and they were ready to rock, and when Hoskins hit that one bomb, that place was jumping and Philly was just all mm-hmm. in on their team. They're always all in when they make that playoff Oh, push. yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, I'm not concerned. Is the sky falling? Absolutely not. Is it? Does it suck that they're losing? Yes. It sucks it, when your team gonna, loses yeah, anything. You hate to see your team losing in that aspect. It, it's going to be a slow burn, and you're you're just kind of weathering the storm right now. You'll start 0-4. People will write the team off again. But I guarantee Memorial Day weekend will be like, Everyone's gonna be kind of on that. Told you so. Back, yeah, back. The thing is with with Philly, and with the Mets, and with the Braves, I, I've already written off Miami and Washington. Even though Miami, I'm is not, not writing bad. off Miami this year. Miami, they made some moves and they have pitching, uh, no, and let it me tell scares you something. me. That something that is not in the headlines that you will not see it. Luis Arias is like that. That guy can swing a like, and they got my boy Jimmy Siggs. I'll tell you the James, entire Gene Segura's down there now, and no, I'm not Segura, too happy about it. Segura swings at anything in the dirt, so I'm I not love, worried about him. I love but Arias, like I was watching, I, I got to see um, Peterson pitch, I got to see Scherzer pitch, McGill pitch, Kodai Senga, like not McGill, Kodai Senga, but out of all three of those pitchers who had pretty decent performances against Miami. The only person I saw hit a ball every single game at least twice was Arias. Like, he's really changed that team. And putting Chisholm in center field hasn't worked yet. And if I'm Miami, I kind of would have eased him into, like, left or right field because center field is the hardest spot to be in. But at the same time, he's not doing too good out there. He did hit a home run, which I told my friend. I, I'm not sold on Jazz Chisholm. I'm, I I know he got the cover athlete, all that cool. I'm just I'm not sold on Jazz Chisholm yet. I'm I'm just not. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm almost out of frame. I love. I'm just. Not I hate s- that I love the guys on this Marlins team. I, like I hate. I, it. I hate I, I like that I love Sandy. Them. I like Sandy. Like at the end, I love good pitchers. I like Sandy. Sandy. I like uh, Jesus Lazardo. I like. Uh, I love Gene Skur as my baby I boy. You were say Trevor Rogers. I was like, who in the world likes Trevor Rogers? <laughs> Penalty on the play. <laughs> the Pete this Alonso guy, killer. This guy. <laughs> Uh, I love Gene Skura, love Jazz Chisholm, Arias is great. Like, they have such a likable team, and I hate that they're likable. The like, only person I think I like is probably Horse Hayes Solaire. Like, that guy. I can't like, stand looking, him either because he like, was good for the Braves when yeah, they won the like, World like, Series. Like, looking back at when he was hitting moon shots, like, you just can't, you can't not see that anymore out of him. Like, I, so much, I, I don't like Miami like that kind of right. And Washington is, is Washington's Washington, stolen franchise. No. The Nobody, stolen yeah, franchise yeah, Washington Walgreens logo. They, they pitched Patrick Corbin in their first game of the season, and he almost had a hundred pitches in like two three innings. He's a bum. They have nothing. That team and they they have Trevor <laughs> Trevor Williams from the Mets that they got, and he was like our sixth guy. Like he was who started off bullpen games. So again, I'm not I'm not mad at. It. I love Trevor Williams, but. In, in Washington, he's – and did you see Seth Lugo's outing for the Padres? I I could have swore up and down that he was, like, only a reliever, couldn't go through, like, being an average starter. 
he went seven strong and one earned run. I'm like, that's not bad. I mean, of course, first start of the year, you kind of roll with that, but meet the man. We, we need it. I'm not gonna lie, we need him right now. Cause when when you see guys like Tommy Hunter coming out of your bullpen consistently, oh, trust me. We you're having you're years. having you're just in a tough spot. And, and and the stats will tell you that our bullpen did great against Miami. It's Miami at the end of the day. I I give the Mets all the credit in the world. They're better than Miami. It's just how it is. But we saw it today. We ten nothing to Milwaukee, a team that I can't say shout out the is too too over the top. But it's like Carrasco went too strong, started falling apart, gave up five. Tommy Hunter comes in, gives up five. Like Luis Guillorme pitched, and he didn't give up a single run. He didn't give up a hit. <laughs> he pitched better than everyone we put out there besides Santana. I, I don't I I really need to see the Mets make some moves for lefty relievers because if we don't, I I we're the Mets. At the end of the day, we will p- make a push, we'll go far, we'll challenge the Braves. But if we don't make some serious moves in this bullpen, I, the, the Tommy Hunter's not gonna work in a World Series game. It's just not gonna work. Tommy Hunter, Brooks Riley, like David Robertson though. Has turned out pretty solid. He's an enemy of the closer. state now. Um, <laughs> he went to you guys and <laughs> looked awful and left again and looked great again. He just—he's just not a Philly. He just he loves New York to be a Philly. Um, Marcelino, we play this game on the show every baseball season. Now that we are fully underway, it is time to bring it back. We've been playing it for the last two seasons now, I believe, in in full blown fashion. It kind of just started as a bit, and now it's turned into a full on segment we do every baseball season. Uh, and this week we'll figure out full blown, but this week is brought to you by our amazing partners over at Kenwood beer, the number one light beer in Philadelphia that you should be drinking. Kenwood beer, part of our live tailgate podcast as well. Ring it, go check out the details on our social media pages, our pin tweet on Twitter and on Instagram. It's pinned as well. April 8th, one o'clock PM. Be there. The Kenny's will be flowing. Uh, so Marcelino, to tell you a little bit about Kenwood Beer, since you're you're new to the program here, uh, they're a bunch of just local Philadelphia guys who wanted to make a better light beer for everybody in our area. Uh, they are the best in the game, some of the best dudes out there. Uh, it's a better light beer. It's American style light lager, refreshing light beer, four point one percent ABV. 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs, light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker. It's fantastic. Kenny Tracker, you click on that bad boy. I'm going to show you right here, Marcelino. It's it's phenomenal. This is you, interesting. You, you go to KenwoodBeer.com, you use that Kenny Tracker, click on it right there. Got a whole map to see who has Kenwood Beer on tap. That's interesting. I've never seen that before. It's I've never seen that for any like and soft updated, drinks, let alone. <laughs> updated all the time, all in the Philadelphia area, all the way through to Allentown, Allentown. up to <laughs> the Poconos, all the way up to like Wilkes-Barre area. They're slowly they getting closer to New Jersey too, which is great. Working its way uh, over the bridge. So you can do the Kenny Tracker. You can get it at your local liquor store as well if you're in the Philadelphia area. And if you're in eastern Pennsylvania, you can get it at your local Whole Foods. Clutch. Wow. Clutch. <laughs> That's an interesting spot. That's so, a good find. <laughs> so go to KenwoodBeer.com. Get your Kennys ready for opening weekend at Citizens Bank Park. And we'll have Kenwood Beer flowing at our Ring It live tailgate podcast. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. The game we play, though, Marcelino, and I'm excited to do this at the live Should show, too. Should be good. It is the NL East run differential. Boy. So Matt, my my brother-in-law, my my typical co-host, we love to take a look at the run differential in the NL East all season long. And it's so fun to just follow along with where the things flow. Last year the Washington Nationals finished with the worst run differential in all I baseball. Told, yeah, I told so that, that was fun to follow <laughs> along with there. Uh but I'm going to Give you the teams in the order that they sit right now in the division. You tell me and try to guess what their run differential is through three to four games. The Mets obviously have five games played now since they played earlier in the day, but every other team is three to four games already in the books. Uh, So we'll start with the first place, Atlanta Braves. 
They just spanked on one. The New York Mets are in second, the Nationals in third, Marlins in fourth, Phillies in last. So starting with the Braves, what do you think their run differential is to start the season? They they just spanked on Washington. Like I didn't they score like ten they put up a ten spot against Washington, didn't they? They did, I believe. Oh my gosh, that is not fair. Um run differential from the Mets aspect. They've gotta they've gotta be like plus. Hmm. This is a tough one. I'm, I'm trying to think the run differential here is because the for teams like the Phillies to play the Rangers, we played Miami, which were all close games, and then Atlanta blew out. And I'll give you Washington. this hint: the Braves are the only team through opening weekend that have a positive run differential. Wow! Yeah, in the got, division, they got to be like plus plus five. Plus, Very close. They are plus eight. Plus eight. Dang. That plus is, eight. That's tough. Moving on to your New York Mets. I am not a. I would assume since it is updated schedule wise uh, that you guys are three and two that the run differential is positive, yeah. uh, or not positive. Yeah, it is updated to what it should be. Your Mets run differential, man, because we won. It's not as bad as you would think it would be, but it's, it's probably going to be like negative three, negative one, negative one. That's not bad. I was going to say it was. It's that. It's in the high negatives. Only because of us losing ten nothing today yeah. to Milwaukee, but we did we did score a good amount. Like I think we put up a five spot. We scored three. Like we put up some runs against Miami. Nothing crazy though. But the way we got beat today, I knew we were going to be in a negative run differential. And then looking at the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> negative 300 like, he's got that will <laughs> that will be in september ladies and gentlemen check back then no, uh they, they've got to be they're negative six or seven they've they're got to be negative eight negative eight yep that's and then uh the miami marlins they gotta be like high like maybe negative four negative nine negative are nine. the marlins wait so you're then, saying they're lower than washington by one and then our Philadelphia Phillies here on the podcast right now, obviously, from just the bad opening weekend at a whopping minus 18 run differential. High That's only going to add uh, tonight as right now the Phillies are minus seven in the run differential category against the Yankees in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, but that is the NL East run differential right now. So we'll see who reigns supreme by the end of the season. This is very funny though. We tend to look at the other divisions too. The entire NL West is 2 and 2 right mm. now. Wow, interesting. Uh <laughs> and the Dodgers are technically listed in last place for some strange reason. I'm not sure why. Um but they have the best run differential in the division while the Arizona Diamondbacks are listed first right now and it seems like they're kind of just almost going in alphabetical order uh for these teams. But uh, the Diamondbacks are listed as first, and they have a negative 13 run differential for the worst in the division. Yeah, I was say I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at like the Dodgers. That is the Stranger 13. Things division right there. Everything's upside down. Well, when I last time I was watching, I was looking, paying attention to the Dodgers game. Trace Thompson had like three home runs in a game. I think it was like eight RBIs total. I'm like, that's nuts. The I'm real like, Splash Brothers. Trace he might be the he might be the better the better Thompson after that one. <laughs> Because that uh, was a game. I was not expecting that. He had a game. A game. But yeah, the Diamondbacks. Not an ideal day. opening weekend for the Phillies, but it's going to be fine. The sky is not falling. Relax, you chicken little looking fucks. <laughs> Calm oh down. Gosh. It's going to be okay. We're all in this together. Shout out High School Musical. You guys know better than that. The Mets are just going to take <sighs> the division. It's our year. The Phillies can have a bad year. It's okay. We've seen it for so long. It's okay. You guys can have a bad year. It will not turn. It will not change anything because you guys are used to it. Don't the worry. Mets, though, it's that time. New York, it's about time. The Yankees are going to start declining. We're going to be. We are already the real New York team. The Yankees just had Babe Ruth facing plumbers, and that's why they look so good. Low Mets. We're the truth. <laughs> uh, let's get on the same page, though, for a team we both love, the Philadelphia 76ers, who both they, they drive us both mad. Uh, <laughs> mad is not the word. More Doc Rivers than Tough. the Sixers. Tough. Dang. Oh, he's on board with the brand, everybody. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. There we go. I've tried to give Doc Rivers so much breathing room, and I wanted to be like, I know Brett Brown was bad. Do but... you want my comp? You want my comp? I brought this up a number of times on this show. Ugh. Doc Rivers is to the NBA 
what Joe Girardi is to baseball. Uh, that, I can roll with that. I can. Joe agree Girardi with that. was I hired by the that. Phillies going into 2020. <laughs> and you were like, oh my gosh, we got a great. And manager. everyone was like, oh my God, this, this, he won a World Series in 2009. That's all Joe Girardi's done. He won a World Series in 2009 because That's Alex Rodriguez was doing steroids. Um, <laughs> Philly should have gone back to back. I digress. You guys got look look what Joe Girardi did. He was fucking terrible. <laughs> Doc Rivers won an NBA championship with arguably one of the most loaded rosters in NBA history in 2008 with the Celtics and has sad. championed his career off of that one single championship in, in a coaching aspect because what did Doc Rivers do with the Clippers? I, I, the, Nothing. the thing is, I think the Clippers, I don't want to say the Clippers were a better team, but when you put a team together around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you gotta, you have to go somewhere. And he wasn't even a, really there with Kawhi either. No, like Doc was the Lob City, Chris Paul, Blake right. Griffin, with Blake Griffin, and all like Montrezl Harrell when he was actually good. That team was different. Like I know they're making a documentary on that team, which I, I don't understand and for the life of me. But that Lob City team was legit. What What did they do with Doc? Nothing. Get beat by the. Well, then again, and then they had to face the Warrior. They went <laughs> the and hired no joke. Doc Rivers for the Sixers when they fired Brett Brown. Um. And what has Doc Rivers done for this team? Oh, that's right. Nothing. He's the no. most stubborn, up his own ass coach, and that is why the Sixers lost to the Bucks. Uh, he, he just has on this infatuation with veterans. I hate I, it. I don't free I, I, free B ball Paul out the <laughs> oh mud. Oh my gosh, he doesn't free my, my man B ball. I just don't like you see guys that like look at Isaiah Joe right now for Charles Oklahoma. Bassey before he got injured. Charles, like they got these young talents are leaving the Sixers and are good. And the only like, all because we want Montrez Harrell to fucking I, play backup center nah, for Joel Embiid and make be any terrible sense. or Dwayne Dedman. Oh, I, I don't even want to get into the doing. He's dead, dead man. It makes he's no dead. Sense. It literally makes zero. He's alive, but he's still we dead. Made that move. And my thing is, we lost Thibel, who was my personal favorite player. I loved Matisse Thibel. He just couldn't make a three pointer, and that's okay. But Seems at, to be a trend in this but city. at one point, at, at what point do we start looking at our three point percentage and saying, "Hmm, something's not right. <laughs> We're not hitting threes," and it's almost coming strictly via James Harden. Like, Toby has put together a couple good games. He still is overpaid. But Toby's put together a couple good games. James Harden has shot the ball well. He's he, His game has evolved into this assist game, which I'm not mad at. Which he's typically always been. Right, he's shown that he could, but he's not like that crazy people, dominant scorer that he used to And people to have to realize, like, this is not Houston James Harden anymore. Right, he has a team. Like, when he played, he had Eric Gordon and Chris Paul. Like that's when he kind of he still was putting it together, but James Harden he's also been injured and he's yeah, dealing right. with he's a leg with a injury. Which when we've seen James Harden deal with a leg injury in the past, it's not great for his performance. Right. But Doc Rivers' stubbornness to not play a guy like Paul Reed, B-ball Paul. I don't understand why Furcon doesn't get minutes. I I am wholeheartedly on the Furcon Corkmoss train because I think he has potential. He's shown that he's good. He doesn't get minutes. He lost I'm okay all of his with minutes to Daniel House. I'm not sold on Daniel House. Like by any means, I'm not sold on James. I don't and, think anybody really is sold on Daniel House. It's, and now everyone's he's, saying he's James that. Harden's and boy. now they're saying that they're going to bring up the the Jaden Springer guy. Now they're saying that he's cool going to get in minutes. Cool and I'm like, that. okay, why are we doing see, it so late in the year? Agree. <laughs> but it's mean, like do, uh, somebody like Paul stand. Reed should be playing backup center for this team. Dwayne Dedman should not be on this team. Montrezl Harrell should not be on this team. And even in, in some instances, like, you could play Paul Reed at the four because he has the athleticism to do it and just see what happens. I it, think it if is you just do that, you mind-numbingly stupid how Doc Rivers coaches this team. Yeah. And everyone wanted to be like, oh, look at Doc Rivers performing when he won Coach of the Month in January. The Sixers, dating back to when they won 13 games or whatever it was in 2015, <laughs> were the best fucking team in January that year. They are, they are January built. They If every month was – it's like when Kyle Schwarber <laughs> goes on a tear in yeah. June every year. The Sixers go on a tear in January every fucking year. It's if nothing every month new. was January, we would be Oh, we'd, be the, we'd be the greatest be team in NBA back history. We'd back champions, without a doubt. So it's like, you know, you're trying to vie for – 
a, a top seed in the East, which they the Sixers pretty much solidified in that three seed right, right. now. Yeah, I'd, I'd like I think, catastrophic. I mean, they might fluctuate between two and three, but I I don't want to see Miami. But you you you've got to like realize that Doc Rivers is holding this team back, and if this team doesn't get out of the second round again this year, he Doc's done. Uh, he has to be. It, I I don't see. I it, I think this year is very much finals appearance or bust i'm not saying we have to win the finals boston's a really good team we, we will we all boston has always been a good team they've always been solid they've always given us problems i think we could beat milwaukee in a seven game series i wholeheartedly think we can but the way we get there play, first. yeah we have to get there because first round we're most likely to see either miami a team like miami and that's not it's either going to be Miami see. or the Nets. Uh, the Nets, I have, I have no problem seeing the Nets in the first round. I, no. I if we lose that, <laughs> it's time to go. But if we face Miami, they've they've given us problems. Miami already. also doesn't really scare me that much. But they're, they're just, just like one of those like prowess, like they just annoying such... teams. Like they're just a yeah, pest. pesky. Yep. And you'll win that series in, in five. You know they'll 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 make I think, it. I think they push it to six. They'll make it annoying for like two games. Where it's like, oh my God, here we go! But the Sixers will end up winning, and then Miami will win that one freak like game one, or, like right. they and always then do. Everyone's gonna blow up saying all the Sixers are gonna right. blow it, and then the Sixers will win four again. in a row, like they always do, and yeah. then they'll lose in the second round, and then it's the same old song and dance. And when does the insanity end? The cycle. The insanity end. needs to end, and I swear to God. I swear, it is the most <laughs> fitting year for Joel Embiid to win the MVP this year. No, there's no way he loses. There's zero, zero shot. And the thing is... It's so fitting because it's the most toxic MVP it, debate we've ever had. It's the worst. The thing is, Yoke, they keep pushing this thing that's saying, oh, Jokic is catching up. Yoke, what is Jokic doing different that is making him an MVP at this point? Two years, well, the people he's who done think, the same thing. He's and I'll say do this. it again. It's Jokic, Jokic. Jokic is, is is he's a fantastic player, but the people who are voting for Jokic to win MVP all these times in in a row uh, think that the V in MVP stands for VORP, not valuable. I just it, it, he's the most VORPable player. I just don't understand what Joel Embiid has to do to win MVP if he doesn't win this year. I have seen Joel Embiid play some of the best basketball. I have a big man in my entire life. Again, I didn't get to see Shaq play in his prime like that. Embiid is the best center I have seen up to this point. Jokic is good. I will not bash Jokic. Jokic is a great basketball player. He's a He gets assists. He gets rebounds. He does the full nine yards. But what Embiid is doing right now at this point with the team he has, with the Sixers organization, to the point he's gotten, you got to give it to him. I, Embiid, it, you you cannot Embiid cannot finish his career and not win an MVP. There, it's to me that would blow my mind if that was the case. Because if he doesn't win it this year, I don't see him ever winning it. Yeah, and like this this postseason run is going to be a gauntlet. Um, the East is to, the, the the Eastern Conference is a toss up. Oh, and it's, the, it's I think way both ways. I think both of them are are all toss ups. Like this year, there's no set in stone person. The East to make is the way finals. more difficult than the West. Um, and this is no slight to them because they've been great this year. But when the West is touting the Sacramento Kings as the three seed right now, um, I think Sacramento's good. But they're know. they're good. Like they're, they're, they're having a, they're I having like, a I, like. They're having franchise cool, year. Yeah, like the like the beam thing, the the team the yeah, fans they're are behind fun. them. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. They're doing good. Like I it's give fun them. to have that team be good. Right. It's like how the Padres have been in baseball. Like, you know, it's, yeah. the Padres have finally gotten over the hump and they're a good team. Yeah, like you bring hopefully that Soto, happens with Sacramento yeah. and everything. It would be nice to see Sacramento kinda of have a little change of pace. You know, it's their first playoff berth in a while. So yeah. that's but at the end of the day, you'll hear a lot of people say it. They're actually Sacramento is actually more like the Mariners. Yes, I, um, I get. I'd say more because they 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 have excitement. Like there's excitement yeah. behind the team. So, so it's like when that's happening, and then you look at the East, and the Sixers are the three seed. The East is a much more diabolical, top heavy right. conference than the West is. Um, people yeah. say that the East is locked with Boston. Like pe- people swear up and down that Boston has the East on lock. I disagree. I think I truly think the Bucks are a better team than Boston too right now. Like Boston was great for eighty percent of the season, 
and then this final stretch run of like the last two months or they, so, they've been struggling. Things they've have unraveled, and things haven't looked the same. So, and again, that's what happens with a long season. We've been saying it: a long season. If you don't get hot at the right time, all that you did in the regular season means nothing. Yeah. At the end of the day, again, I, I personal experience with the Mets: 102 games. We looked great. We looked untouchable for a portion of the season, but when it ta- it came time to like step up and go, we didn't have it. Yeah. So the Sixers. Uh, Hopefully they can beat the Celtics on Tuesday. That's the next uh, matchup. That's going to pretty much determine who's the two and the three seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, Final segment here for the people. As we're recording this, it's Monday. Uh, I was in Massachusetts for the weekend. uh, So I was not home to record uh, over the weekend. Plus on Sunday, I came home from Massachusetts and... I had Sunday night lacrosse at the Wells Fargo Center. Shout out to the Wings. Overtime win over the Rochester Nighthawks. That was a big dub. Uh, So shout out to the Wingies. But NCAA Tournament Underground Madness. It's brought to you by our awesome energy partners over at W Energy. They've been keeping us energized all tournament long and pretty much since the jump, since they got on board with us. Marcelino, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if you're an energy drink person. But Dubby is going to war on big energy. And let me tell you, some of the most delicious flavors of anything that I have ever tasted. Uh, and you're probably wondering, you know, why Dubby? Why are you guys, every energy drink has jersey crap. From <laughs> having now had Dubby at my disposal for the past couple of months, there is no jitters. There is no crash. I feel laser focused. I feel... Like, I'm drinking something that is delicious, has no uh, none of that weird aftertaste that an energy right. drink typically gives you, and it's healthier for you. W is formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crash. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented NeuroFactor, which has been clinically tested to improve brain performance by up to 143%. You are dialed in if you're drinking W. Plus... Dubby contains zero calories, zero sugar, no maltodextrin fillers, no artificial colors. They're the best in the game. And I'm going to read you some of these flavors, Marcelino. Because I, I kind of peaked that one. Dragon Aid. Dragon that Aid. Sounds delicious. That sounds bomb. Big Energy Tears, which is your blue raspberry flavor, tastes like the blue part of like the bomb pops that you'd have on the 4th of July. That's delicious. That's amazing. They've got their Push and Punch Fruit Punch. The Beach and Peach, which is white mango and peach cooler. Delicious. That's definitely going to be up there. On the I'm list. sorry. I mixed that. It's mango and white peach cooler, but still fantastic. Sounds bomb. Passion Joy Tea, which is passion fruit iced tea. Dub Sludge, which is Granny Smith apple and secret sauce. Galaxy Grenade, which I just tried for the first time recently when it came to the studio. Phenomenal. It is watermelon, guava, and lime. That that's a that's a combo. That sounds it's, really it's delicious. Good. And if you're trying to cut back on your caffeine intake, but you still want to stay hydrated, they've got their caffeine-free Monkey Madness Hydro Hydration, which is strawberry banana flavored. They're the best in the game. You guys can go to w.gg, use code Underground, and you get ten percent off any order. You can use that at any time. W.gg. It's an effective way to support us here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Plus, W's got. Desk mouse pads, those big johns for your desks at home, your setups and everything that are fire. They got a camo one and a city skyline one. They're fire. W.GG, code underground, 10% off your order. Marcelino, March Madness has been, how uh, dare I say, mad? It, it's been, my bracket died after like week two. <laughs> like I came, I deleted the app. That's how bad my bracket. Was. I didn't delete the app. I think I dropped down to like first place thirty four, and I was top ten. I um, I picked Bama. I'm gonna finish around the twenty five area. I had UCLA, heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Your final matchup is uh, San Diego State and UConn. It's I been, don't like San Diego State. It's been kind of the darling final four though. In uh. In the men's bracket. You had San Diego State, FAU, Miami, and UConn. Everybody said, oh, it's a terrible. F-. No, this is what makes March Madness March Madness. It makes it mad. The fact that, that there's no the one seed, part. no two seed, no three seed in the final four. Mwah. 
feed it to me every time. I just my my uh, I really have a a grudge with San Diego State because I feel like they're almost all twenty five year olds. And like, here's, here's like the thing: the average age to, has to be twenty four. <laughs> here's the funny part. So in our underground bracket, uh, underground madness bracket challenge, there are five out of the top. Or I, I'm sorry. Let's see. That's seven out of the top ten right now have UConn as their national champion. I don't know who picked UConn to be a national champion, but it's a toss. Like usually, we so see here's the Duke funny part. And like UNC, we'll, like the top dogs. We'll have a winner. Um, more than likely be if UConn wins. Uh, at Noah Diana fourteen on Twitter and Instagram will be our bracket challenge winner for 2023. If UConn loses, our bracket champion will be somebody whose bracket was busted opening weekend. Is it who the Arizona? Arizona to win. Oh, and do you know who that bracket is, Marcelino? Whose bracket is that? That bracket belongs to none other than uh, – Injury expert of Underground Sports Philadelphia. My dad, the OG, <laughs> will win the bracket challenge. Where he thought he was dead in the water after Arizona <laughs> lost. He's like, oh, my bracket's done. Arizona it's over. <laughs> my dad was part of that minute percentage that had in the Elite Eight matchup, UConn-Gonzaga. Wow. That... Pops had the West, the Midwest, half of the East, all correct in the Elite Eight. That's insane. That... I I want to know what the thought process. I I need I need an interview. He said he just picked I, teams. He just picked I, teams. I need an interview for this because there is no way I would have predicted these two. Just let alone these one of these two teams to be here. Like San Diego State, never. I never thought they were getting here. UConn, maybe, just because of how much of a toss up March Madness has been. But for this to be the matchup at the end blows my mind and i just i i think i think i want to see uconn win it's been a phenomenal uh tournament say the least um it's been an electric you know there's been moments that have stuck with everybody you know fau was phenomenal fairly dickinson right uh princeton princeton uh, was a fun one that was a fun there one. are moments that I can't wait for the one shining moment montage tonight at like midnight to like ball my eyes out like I do every year, <laughs> um, and just be like the 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 meme of the kid scream singing like, being like crying flute girl who's now who's now a doctor, a doctor? she's a doctor that's how old we are, that's um, <laughs> it's crazy, but yeah Yukon San Diego State. And uh, the winner, obviously, of our bracket challenge gets the official locker room shirt of the champion, whether it's UConn or San Diego State. So my dad potentially has a San Diego State national champion shirt coming his way, even though that's not the team he picked to win. I, I, I don't even think I'd accept it. <laughs> it's that, very funny. Like, to be honest, if my team, like, I, I, I'm a Kansas fan. I love the Jayhawks. Last year was an absolute magical year. I picked Bama to win this year. And I really thought in my heart that there was no way that Bama doesn't lose after seeing the one seeds go when they did and after seeing some of the upsets that we did. I thought there was legit no chance that the Alabama Crimson Tide do not win the national championship. And what did they do? They lost to San Diego State. I was That's when I knew I was done. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. So we'll have that and then uh, the top three. Uh, will all receive Dubby starter kits uh, from our partners at Dubby. And we're working on some merch, too, that will be a uh, a rain check almost. You'll be getting official uh, Glue Guys podcast, our college basketball podcast, Glue Guys merch from our partners at PHI Apparel Company when we're able to get the uh, designs uploaded. 
we will have uh, merch going to the top three as well. It's been a fun ride. March Madness is always like one of those great times of the year. You get geared up, and I, I did the full-blown experience this year. I took off from the day job on Thursday and had a full, <laughs> just vegged out on college basketball for an entire four-day stretch, and it was fantastic. It's crazy to think that it's already coming to a close, um, but we will be crowning a national champion by the time you guys are listening to this. We'll know who it is. Uh, but I do want to thank everybody who joined Underground Madness again this year. It's one of our, our fun, you know, staples of this company that we started year one. It's like, let's do a bracket challenge. We started with like 20 people. And this year, our biggest group yet, over 70 people joined. Uh, so now we just got to take that to the next level. Hopefully get like 100 next year and that, just keep this thing going. Next, I love how much, like, again, we keep saying March Madness is such a toss-up now. So you're going to get like all these crazy brackets that go to the end. It's it's going to be interesting. I think next year is going to be a lot of fun if we get a lot more people, too. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you to everybody who hopped in on uh, Underground Madness 2023. Shout out to the Glue Guys podcast. Go subscribe to them. They did a great job all uh, college basketball tournament season long covering the games. And uh, they got some fun stuff planned for the off season as well. So go subscribe to them. And uh, we'll be seeing Marcelino a ton more throughout baseball season and a lot more in the underground. So make sure you drop him a follow on the socials at it's just Mars. Um, Marcelino, your, your thoughts on uh, just your first podcast in general. This was a lot of fun. I, I, I didn't think I, I got a lot less met slander than I was expecting, which I can live with. I'm not going to complain one bit. But this, this it's is a, a lot it's of It's a 162 game yeah, season, it's a, brother. <laughs> it's, a, it's only going to get worse as time progresses, but. I this is a lot of fun. I'm super excited to be here. Gonna try and hop in as much as I can. Of course, we do broadcasting together, so we see each other all the time. You'll see me post a bunch of stuff about how the Mets are gonna be great this year. So super excited to be here. Super excited to keep going. And you know how it is. Let's go Mets, baby. One last thing I should ask you too, since he just recently signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what are since you are, this is a fun one. Marcelino's a Mets uh, fan. He's a Sixers fan. He's a Steelers fan. Talk to me about Terrell Edmonds. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just be as honest as possible. I I wasn't big on Ter- Terrell Edmonds. He wasn't bad. He did have a game where he had four interceptions. It was against Jacksonville. At the end of the day, he is a good fill-in guy. He needs someone who can play next to him that can cover a lot of ground. He had Minka, so he could. He was more of a hit guy. He stopped stuff the run. He could get over the top. He would get burnt a lot. So you're going to have to have a safety with him over the top to kind of help him out on the pass game. But running defense-wise, he's good. Like He, he, he helps it. you with that big time. It's just a passing game I'm concerned with the most. But you guys have that mostly covered with your secondary. So he, he's a good – I think he fits your guys' scheme in a pretty solid way. I knew it was his time was – And he's coming in with a new with defensive us. coordinator that's going to use him as that box safety. Right. He, he might get moved to linebacker a couple of times. I think you'll see him move down like a couple of times because he's, he's I'm a excited bigger guy. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about him. I'm very excited. I had to get the Steelers fan perspective. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting move. It's going to be interesting to see him in the green. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and Instagram at KBIZZLE11. Follow Marcelino on Twitter at It's Just Mars. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast feed. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. You get full video episodes of this podcast twice a week and every podcast on our network. Uh, We have six shows going out every single week. Go subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend. We're on that road to 500 subscribers and then obviously still on that road to 1,000 youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia go get your merch at phi apparel company phi apparel.co use code underground for 10 percent off any and all merch orders big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen main auto llc security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated and the dental wellness center of vineland and of course underground sports philadelphia is presented by the city of Vineland, and whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. 
If you are considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And this has been episode number 521 of Underground Sports Philadelphia for Marcelino KB. Till Wednesday night, next episode, we're getting the heck up out of here. We are signing off.